I can tell you what event must happen, Jesus said, before the end will come. What is that? Look at this, Matthew 24, verse 14. Jesus answers their question. All these things will go on. All these things will occur. The end is not yet. But then he answers their question. He says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. All the world is a witness to all the nations. And then what? The end will come. So Jesus didn't skirt their issue. You know, he wasn't like many people today that won't give a direct answer to a question. Jesus clearly answered the question. Good question, guys. What will be the sign of my coming, my return, and the end of the age? It's when the gospel of the kingdom is preached as a witness to all the nations, all the ethnic groups, then the end will come. Missiologists say there's, depending on whom you speak with, 16,000, perhaps even to 17,000 different ethnic groups in our world today, and that there's still close to 6,000 of them have less are, are what they call least reached or unreached. Least reached means they have less than 2% of their population knows the Lord. And when we talk about ethnic groups, we're not talking about countries. We're not saying, well, India. There are so many different ethnic groups in India. So many different ethnic groups in Indonesia, the Philippines. There's so many different ethnic groups in America. And we can't just say, well, when America hears the gospel. No, 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 that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, when all the ethnic groups hear the gospel, then the end will come. And I've studied this, and I've looked at this time after time, and the reality is that the way Jesus discipled his followers was all about this. Hey, guys, I'm leaving, but remember, I give you power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts or the ends of the earth. Guys, I commission you, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Then go out and preach forgiveness and remission of sins in my name to all nations. Preach the gospel to all nations, to all ethnic groups. This is what Jesus was all about, that everyone would hear the gospel, that everyone would know this good news. And so it's very interesting that he uses the specific term, the gospel of the kingdom, the kingdom. What does this mean? The gospel of the kingdom. If it's a gospel of the kingdom that must be preached to all nations at the end of this present age, then Jesus is going to return. Then this is obviously very significant. So we need to know what he means by saying gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 4, 23. By the way, John the Baptist preached the kingdom. But in Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So Jesus preached about a kingdom. He taught the people, but he healed people. Very interesting. Matthew 10, 7 and 8, Jesus commissions his followers to do the same. As you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, I want to draw your attention this morning to both of these verses that we've looked at. And I want you to see here clearly that when the preaching of the gospel occurred, it was always accompanied by supernatural phenomena. In other words, there were miracles. There were healings. There were signs and wonders. The gifts of the Spirit. If you study the New Testament, you will see those words are used in connection and conjunction with our commission and calling. Guys, can I just say something about you? Let me tell you something. The Bible says that when you're born again, guess what happens? God's seed abides in you. 1 John 3 verse 9. God's seed. Can I tell you what that word means? It literally means DNA. It's the Greek word from which we get our English term sperm. I'm not trying to be rude. That's what it is. And it says that God's DNA is in us. Wow. So come on now. I had my DNA tested, and God's my father. Woohoo! Come on. Isn't that awesome? Come on. And I know who my daddy is. I know who my father is. My, you know, I did a DNA test, and it, it, it sinks up to heaven, sinks up to God. That's awesome. But listen to this. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, we are told that we have become partakers of the divine nature. God's nature. What does that mean? Listen to this. God's nature. That means God isn't a man. God is divine. His nature is in us. So that means that we are supernatured. We have God's nature in us. It's interesting. In 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10, Paul says, why are you all acting like mere men? Wow. Excuse me, Paul? Mere men? Uh, like, come on, p- pinch me here. Flesh and blood. I am a man, and I'm going to act like a man. Paul says, no, you don't understand your true identity. You don't understand this one thing. You're not just a man because you were born of the Spirit, and the very nature of God lives in you now. You're partakers of the divine nature. And because you are supernatured, it means it's now natural for you to live supernaturally. Come on now, I heard somebody just caught that. Because you are supernatured, it is now natural for you to live supernaturally. And so that's why Paul is saying, why are you just behaving like mere men? You're a son of God. You're a daughter of the Most High God. His DNA is in you. You're not like the people of this world. You are different. You are a child of the Most High God. And he is in you. And you belong to him by virtue of the new birth. What does that mean? We have been called to be naturally supernatural. Guys, listen, the interesting thing is the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Last time I checked, I see that you're still here on earth in body. 
But the interesting thing is Jesus, uh, Paul said in Ephesians, we're seated in heavenly places. What does that mean? Spiritually. So we are dual citizens. We're here on the earth physically, but spiritually we're seated in heavenly places. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. It doesn't matter what your passport says. Your ultimate citizenship is in heaven because we are his people and we're part of a royal nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So we're citizens of God's kingdom. We live in heavenly places. We've been talking about the importance of understanding the culture of the kingdom. But when you're born again, you become a new person and you enter into God's kingdom. And it is now normal, whoops, for you to live supernaturally. So everywhere Jesus went, Acts 10.38 says he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. I challenge you. Because you know what? Many of us, our theology has been defined and shaped by what we hear by men who don't even have the full revelation of God. We read books, we listen to sermons, but we don't understand the truth of what Jesus himself taught. And so we just kind of think like, God knows I'm trying my best. God knows I'm only flesh and blood. And we don't recognize that that's really not true. Yes, we're flesh and blood. One day we will have a spiritual body. But inwardly, the nature of God is in us. Inwardly, we are partakers of God's grace, his power, and his very character and nature. So we can live supernaturally. Jesus said he went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And then he said, I want you to do the same. I want you to preach my kingdom. I want you to set captives free. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to deliver people. When you run into a problem, I don't want you to think like a mere person, like a mere man. I don't want you to think that you are restricted and limited to the resources and the solutions of this world. Because I have something that goes way beyond that. Because you are in my kingdom now. And because you are in my kingdom, there is so much more that is available to you. What is available to you? All the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Because you have now come into his kingdom and it is natural for you to live supernaturally. So Jesus says to us, guys, I want you to go out and I want you to heal people. I want you to set people free. You can do this in your home. You can do this no matter where you are. But we got to give it a chance. We got to begin to operate from a new paradigm. There has a new perspective. There's a new place where I understand, hey, I've been limiting God because I haven't seen myself for who I really am in Christ Jesus. I view things through the natural and not through the lens of God's supernatural truth and revelation of the scripture because we're called to be different. We're called to be anointed, full of power, full of the grace of God. We're called to do great exploits. We're called to overcome all the powers of darkness. We can walk in healing. We can walk in power. And I understand. We even say, well, I tried and it didn't work. Well, I want to just say something to you. It doesn't negate the truth of God's word. 
I'm not going to devise or, or de- uh, embrace a theology that's based on my life experience or my lack of experience. I'm going to devise and develop a theology that's based on the word of God. And when I read the scripture, I come to the conclusion that God is true. And every other philosophy and opinion doesn't matter. What does God say in his word? What is the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is the testimony of scripture? Not what your doctor says, not what it looks like in the natural, but what is the testimony? And just because we're not experiencing it doesn't mean it can't happen. As we press into the reality of who we are, then guess what happens? We begin to experience the supernatural. I want to close with one verse. I got about 10% through my sermon this morning. So I've got about six weeks here in one sermon, and I already cut it in half. Matthew twenty four fourteen. I want you guys to see this in the Passion Translation. This message, this gospel, this good news, I shared on Wednesday. The word good news or gospel, it originally spoke of a time when a king had taken his armies into battle and as a result they had won, they'd overcome the enemy and then there was a celebration, a herald, literally an evangelist, Evangelion, would come and he would preach, hey y'all, I've come to declare, to announce to you that our king and his kingdom is superior to their enemies. He has won the victory. He's overcome. And the people would rejoice. And the Bible says that that term, literally in in the context of the Roman Greco empire, that term literally that is translated good news was this message of celebration that the king had overcome his enemies and the people would rejoice. So it's my prayer this morning that you would get a revelation of what Jesus has done at the cross for you and what Jesus has made available for you. The enemy has been defeated, guys. He's been defeated. Why do we sit here like, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. Like we serve a God that is dead. Like we serve a God that has no power. The enemy has been defeated and we need to celebrate and rejoice in it until the reality of what heaven has becomes true in our lives. Matthew 24, 14 in the Passion Translation. Yet through it all, look at this. Yet through it all, what? This joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world. Listen to this. Yet through it all, what does he mean? Through what? through all the difficulty, through all the evil that's happening in the world, through all that is occurring, what does he say? Through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world. Listen to that. The reality of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. Whoa! This message, this good news, that is not the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation says this, it's Matthew 24, 14. The Passion Translation says, through it all, this joyous assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world. What will it do? Provide every nation 
with a demonstration of the reality of God. What we need today is a demonstration of the reality of God. It's not a better theology that we can refute people, you know, by arguing with them. You know, oh, I know how to, I know how to debate and refute, you know, someone who's of another religion or someone who is not a Christian or even an atheist. Guys, it's not going to be apologetics that wins the day. It's going to be apostolic authority. It's going to be power and anointing. And Jesus, throughout the Gospels, it was the power that he manifested and demonstrated. It was the power that we read about in the book of Acts that literally provided every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. And then the Bible says this, and after this, and after this, the end of this age will arrive. Wow. After this, the end of this age will arrive.